This is the Screaming Pods Network on ScreamingPods.com. We must search for what is truth. You doubt me. Seek proof. What is truth? And what is God? The first duty is to the truth, whether it's scientific truth or historical truth or personal truth. Then here is the proof you seek. You don't really want an answer to that question. Halloween is the time of year where spooks, specters, and ghosts become mainstream. But for some of us, the interest in the paranormal has no boundaries. Today, I'm joined by podcaster Jill Worsley, whose podcast At The Fire is a steady stream of spine-tingling stories. Jill was raised with an interest in the paranormal, as her dad was a recreational ghost hunter and enthusiast. Sit back and take a seat at the fire with us. I'm Sean DeRigger, and welcome to the Armchair Philosopher. Well, today on the Armchair Philosopher, I'm very excited that uh, I am being joined by Jill Worsley. She has a podcast called At the Fire, and of course, it's on the Screaming Pods Network. Uh, And you should check it out if you haven't. It's quickly i mean it became one of my favorite podcasts of course because then i asked them to be to come onto the screaming pots network so um so jill thank you for joining me today very excited to talk about some spooky things well thank you for having me and thank you for the kind words (laughs) so let's talk a little bit uh first about the the podcast when i first i was kind of creating this network just for fun trying to find you know interesting podcasts that i can kind of bring in and I don't know how I stumbled across your podcast. I don't know if you found this podcast or if I found you guys first. I can't remember. But uh, what? when did you start the podcast and what kind of was the catalyst for you wanting to do this uh, podcast? It's basically like campfire stories, which is just fantastic. Because I grew up, you know, in the Midwest, went to summer, summer camp quite a bit. And of course, you know, story time around the campfire was always something I looked forward to. Yeah. Um, so the podcast we've had for just over a year now, I think we started, it kind of became a brainchild back in July of tw- uh, 2017. And I think our first episode debuted in August. Um, and we we kind of had a, a new passion for podcast after we decided to go on a, a road trip honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> so we needed something to pass the 17 hour drive to New Orleans and we stumbled upon snap judgment. Um, you know, one of my guilty pleasures last podcast on the left Mm -hmm. and we just, we fell in love with the podcasting world and, and we thought, you know, we have, we have recording equipment. We have some pretty interesting stories ourselves. And, uh, there, there really seemed to be a lacking of, um, storytelling shows that surrounded, you know, the paranormal, the unexplained. I mean, there were some very solid, solid podcasts out there, but um, we we really found an interest in the Campfire Tales um, series that Snap Judgment would put on every Halloween season. Uh, so we thought, you know, it would be fantastic to have something like this or to be able to swap stories with people so we could, you know, selfishly have our own content to listen <laughs> to uh, because we were just, you know, fiending for mm. it. Um, you know, Halloween would be a year, year-long year celebration if it were up to me. <laughs> exactly. Me too. <laughs> So well, that's kind of how how uh, that podcast was born. Yeah, that's funny how that happens because most of my the podcasts that I've that I've done have kind of been born out of me searching for exactly that kind of podcast and me going, well, I guess I'll do it myself. Exactly. <laughs> right. We're we're the doers of the world. Yeah. And then what's funny is when you do that, you start finding other podcasts. Oh, this podcast is doing some similar things, and you start to really connect with people. And it's been it's been really cool, especially with with this one with the Armchair Philosopher. Um, like like I've said before, it was it's was created out of my search for other kind of middle of the road podcasts talking about philosophy and religion, like not one side or the other. And that was how that's how this was born. 
And then same thing with my other podcast, The Screamcast. I mean, there's plenty of other horror podcasts out there, but I was trying to focus it in for specific kind of horror movies. Then it kind of grew from there. And and of course, this is this is Sean's selfish podcast plug time. And then <laughs> <laughs> and then my other one, Xenopod uh, from the year 5000, that's the science fiction podcast. And I hadn't found any science fiction podcasts other than Star Wars podcasts. So I was like, well, I guess I'll just... Right. I guess I'll just start my own. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Like I, I, I know if I'm, I want this. I can't be the only person out mm-hmm. there that wants this. Yeah. So the format of your show basically is you start off and you and Ben, and your husband Ben, correct? Yes, that's yeah, correct. Yeah, both of you just kind of swapping some stories and introducing the show, uh, and with with literal uh, campfire sounds going on. And I just found that so comforting. I mean, I can I can listen to just a full episode with the snapping of the fire <laughs> in the background. It's <laughs> such a fun little uh, little. I don't, know, I don't know. It's just this little element of the podcast that, for me, uh, I really really love it. <laughs> Well, I don't I don't know if you were aware, but we actually have a real campfire going and we're roasting <laughs> s'mores as we're telling these stories really? to each other. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. <laughs> so the reason why I wanted to have you on today, so we are in we are in October. So I haven't really done this on the show yet where I kind of you know, and I don't know why no I don't know why I haven't, but kind of focus on more of the paranormal and uh, just things a little more in this spooky arena for for the month of October. And I've, I've had like Ghost Hunters on before, uh, I think twice. And then so this year it's like, well, I'm going to do a handful of shows on more paranormal things. So I talked to a, a, a magister in the Church of Satan on the last episode. <laughs> so <laughs> if you're still around, thank you for sticking around and not being scared off by that. But it was a, just a fantastic conversation with him. But I wanted to ask you kind of. Because you have mentioned on your show that you have this this past like with your dad, you kind of got uh, fascinated by the paranormal and things because of your dad. So I wanted to uh, just open up the floor and have you just describe what your childhood was like, what your dad was fascinated with, and kind of how that you know how that birthed your your fascination with the paranormal. Yeah, great question. Uh, so <laughs> my dad raised me on Aliens and Freddy Krueger. I was like five years old and I knew all the lines to Chucky and I was <laughs> introduced to Stephen King at a very early age. And I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that um, my older siblings were in their 20s when I was born. <laughs> so <Okay. laughs> surprise, here's a here's a younger sibling for you to torment. Mm-hmm. Um, but my family is not phased by horror or gore and and um, it, so naturally, they just, you know, they didn't they didn't put it away when I was around. <laughs> um, and my dad's side of the family is very well known in the parapsychology world. Um, his uncle, Don Wilson, uh, who has passed, his, um, he's the author of a book called Secrets of Our Spaceship Moon, and he has a couple of other publications. But it really surrounds the uh, theories of... Um, theories around alien existence on on the planets that we know <laughs> very very interesting um book i tried i tried so hard and desperately to understand it in college and, and i actually wrote a report on it and i think there was just a lot of a lot of googling involved because it's very scientific and very intricate um but his son jeff wilson currently is a very renowned crop circle investigator. So I think the passion for the paranormal and the weird was instilled in my father at a very early age through his family. And I know um, when he was younger, he had a very, very uh, odd experience. And it it was fueled by his his religion, I think a little bit. He was raised in the Catholic community. Mm -hmm. And one morning there was a knock on the door at 7 a.m. and and no one was there. So everybody just went about their business. Dad dad went to work. Grandpa went to work. and then later that evening, 12 hours later, his, his grandfather passed away. And it was widely accepted in the Catholic community at the time that if something like that were to happen, it was a sign from the angel of death. You know, they were giving a warning. Um, and I think that really, really uh, helped give him his first experience where he's like, I'd like to learn more about that. I'd like to, I'd like to understand what that is. And I think that's where it, it fueled not only his passion for the paranormal, but I think it also started his addiction with the Twilight Zone. <laughs> <laughs> so your your dad, not as for a career, but kind of as a hobby, um, would kind of go out on these 
ghost searches or, or ghost hunting expeditions. What what was what 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 fueled that, and what at what age did he start bringing you along? So we didn't go on our first hunt. I'll call it a hunt. Yeah. <laughs> together <laughs> until I was, I think I was. 18 or 19 everybody else was uh i was a freshman in college and everybody else was off going to panama city and i'm going to gettysburg with my dad (laughs) um i think he's he's done some explorations on his own before taking me i i think it was just you know maybe he heard that this hotel's haunted so he'd truck down to I don't know somewhere in southeast Michigan and and stay for a night to see if anything weird weird would happen. Um, I know he he really liked to explore cemeteries too, but I think the first time he did something overnight was when I expressed interest in in doing something like that with him, and he's like, okay, let's do it. Spring break, spring break twenty uh, twenty oh uh, nine, <laughs> and um, so he he did a search online. He. he uh, he brushed off some of his his technology skills and googled uh, haunted hotels in Gettysburg, and he he booked the the trip and uh, and we drove down together and I think we ended up staying at a place called the Lodges and it overlooks one of the battlefields, and the main selling point to my dad was um, people would complain of hearing gunshots oh. <laughs> across the street and um, it's it's believed uh, that this location if not um, is it was very close to the site where uh, General Robert E. Lee stayed during during the battle at Gettysburg. Wow, and it makes sense that Gettysburg would have possible like paranormal you know, activity there, just because of the you know the violent deaths and everything that that of course happened. Did what what was that first trip like? Did you did you guys see anything? Uh, what what I guess what is a standard touristy ghost hunt? <laughs> So you have to entail. You have to take a ghost ghost tour. You have to do a walking tour <laughs> every every time I go on vacation. You have to do a walking tour and learn the the locals' favorite haunted spots because those you just you have to check those out. Um, if not to try to get your own experience, but at least kind of get a sense, like a, a feeling. To me, um, when you're you're having an experience, nine times out of ten, you're not going to get any any type of physical evidence that you can take away. But you can't you can't dispute away that you're feeling. And for me, it's more of an adrenaline rush. I'm not. I'm I'm not trying to prove anything to myself or mm-hmm. prove the existence of ghosts, but I I'm not like a I used to be a roller coasters kind of girl, and now I'm a I'm a I wonder if anybody's in this room with me kind of girl. <laughs> um, so one thing, and since this was our first our first hunt, my dad went crazy with with purchasing all of the fun first timer equipment. You know, we had EMF meters, we had night vision cameras, EVP recorders. Um, and I'll go into a little bit about what each of those are. Some of them um, I, I find a little more appealing than others. Uh, but when we first checked into the hotel, you know, we ask, you know, has anything ever been reported in our room? And and a lot of the times it is just the noise people are he- hearing from the battlefields. But the woman did did say just, you know, make sure that you keep your belongings kind of nice and tidy because sometimes, you know, people come back and, and they can't find find something. And we're like, okay, We'll we'll keep an eye on our suit, suitcases, I guess. So Did they say this like matter of factly, like you know what I mean? Like, like yeah, yeah. They were just kind of like, yeah, just you know, keep everything nice and tidy. Just <laughs> don't, make sure you don't misplace things. Uh, you know, we lock up at night, so the front office is closed because this was this was a place that was kind of like a little standalone cabin. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just like a nice hotel with a big lobby. It was like I don't. I felt like we were we were glamping a little bit, yeah. <laughs> which I'm not complaining about, <laughs> but um. So we dropped our bags off and we didn't turn on any lights or anything. Uh, we just left and grabbed some dinner because we had a nine hour drive. We came back and the bathroom light was turned on and my dad is very environmentally conscious and was very upset that I left the bathroom light on. And I was very upset that he was accusing me because I know I didn't leave that light on. And um, I start walking back towards the bathroom and all of my socks had been taken out of my suitcase and thrown in the toilet. (laughs) So that was a nice warm welcome. (laughs) Yeah, very specific. So now I'm thinking, okay, did somebody see see us drop our bags off? Do I have to worry now about uh, someone from the hotel trying to come Mm. and like prank me? (laughs) Like, what is this? This is now all my socks are wet. (laughs) 
gross. But, um, you know, after that, we're like, okay, we need to, we need to figure out where all of the, uh, electromagnetic fields that naturally exist, you know, use with the, uh, uh, electric outlets and and all of the Wi-Fi connector stuff. And you can tell I'm very technologically sad. <laughs> um, everything in the room. So we know that later on, if we do experience activity, um, we we know that it's not we're not picking up something on our meter that's wired into the walls. We know that it's something manifesting. So when I say detecting an EFF E MF meters. That just stands for electromagnetic field meter. Um, and it really helps detect any magnetic field anywhere that you use it. So the idea behind using these advice devices with ghost hunting is that every spirit uses electromagnetic force to help manifest or to harvest the energy it needs to help interact with our realm. And um, that meter detects anywhere that energy is being harvested. So if you point it directly at an an active outlet, you're going to get a very high reading. But if you point it somewhere just, you know, in the corner of a room where it's, you know, nothing is naturally occurring, it shouldn't pick up anything unless there's a spirit there. So we went around the room and, and you know, got kind of a, a, a cold reading on all of the, all of the um, spots that you would anticipate there to be a rating and, um, and everything looked pretty pretty normal there was there was nothing picked up where where it shouldn't have been picked up so we felt like we had a pretty good um a pretty pretty good feel of the room and how it was set up um so we you know got our jammies on he he was sleeping in one bed i was in the other we had a nightstand and we both liked to fall asleep to the tv so put the TV on and he was out and I was just kind of drifting off. And all of a sudden, um, when I was kind of in that weird, weird state where you're not quite dreaming, but you're not quite asleep, I heard the TV kind of click off and I woke up and I'm like, I don't think I turned that TV off. So I turned it back on and I closed my eyes. And this time I, I take the remote and I, I cover the blankets over my head because now I'm feeling like, oh, that's kind of <laughs> creepy. <laughs> I don't know if I want to be in here. So after the TV clicks off or after it's it's clicked back on and I'm and I'm under the covers, I start to hear the channels flip through and I'm thinking, OK, I'm laying on the remote. But after I made sure I wasn't laying on the remote, the channels kept flipping through. <laughs> so I, I look up and the TV is it's just on Cartoon Network, I think. And all of a sudden it turns off again. So I, I'm freaking out at this point <laughs> and I, I literally just put the covers over my head and I'm like, OK, I need I need to try to capture something on on a night vision camera. I need to get out my my EVP meter or uh, recording device, which um, it it helps pick up sounds on electronic recordings mm-hmm. um, that we can interpret as spirit voices. And there, I've never had the patience to try to to pick anything up or listen yeah. through. You have to listen. Yeah, it takes hours a lot. of audio. Yeah. yeah, and and I'm just I don't want to say I'm not that dedicated, but. I'm not that dedicated. <laughs> um, but thankfully, you know, I, I, I got a feeling from the corner of a room where I felt like I was being watched. I felt like somebody was was over there messing with the TV, messing with me, trying to freak me out. And my dad's sleeping through this whole thing and I'm not going to scream and wake him up. <laughs> I was just I was in shock. I didn't really know what to do. I'm like, this TV, this TV won't stop flipping channels. Is it a short? Is somebody else? You know, do they have a remote that controls this TV? I'm I, I just don't know what to think at this point. So I grabbed the meter, I point it in the corner of the room that had originally tested as a no read, no read zone, no electrical outlet, and it's going off. And I'm like, oh dear, <laughs> I'm I'm not alone. Somebody is watching over me right now. I'm not dreaming so this. I, exactly, <laughs> you know? exactly. I'm I'm very amateur. <laughs> they didn't teach me this my first semester at school. Uh, so. I, I just put the covers over my head and I closed my eyes and I counted sheep until until I fell asleep. And uh, uh, I, I never fell asleep. <laughs> I never fell back asleep. I waited to my, for my dad to wake up and and I said, we're going to be the first ones out on the battlefield today because I can't stay in this room. I can't. <laughs> so what, what did he think? Uh, what did he say when you when you told him about the. About what you had experienced? 
he was he was kind of sad that I didn't wake him up. <laughs> and I I don't think I could have. He's a very heavy sleeper, but um he was he, he he's like, "Did you did you get out the night vision camera? Did you get out the EVP <laughs> recorder?" And I'm like, "No, I I had the the meter and I picked something up, but I was too afraid to move. I was too afraid to do anything. Mm. I don't think I'm cut out for this kind of stuff." <laughs> so he was he was disappointed. <laughs> So I heard you, t- I've heard you tell, you know, I think talk about the, this one in particular and, and, um, you did mention that you, that your dad did capture a picture that was, I guess, widely used or widely circulated. Was that that yeah. next day in, in the, was it, was it on an actual battlefield in Gettysburg? It was. It was on an actual battlefield in Gettysburg, and that was a picture that was taken um, after after that terrifying night that we mm. spent in the hotel room. So first thing, five in the morning, I'm like, hey, the sun is up. The park is open. We're getting out of here. So he grabbed his camera, and my parents are – my dad's an amateur photographer, but my mom is an incredible photographer. So he kind of dabbles in it from time to time, and um, he was playing with a – a new uh, a feature on a new camera that he had brought along for the trip and and we were hitting some other places you know we were going to go to Washington DC so he brought some just some nice equipment so he could take some some decent photos of, of our vacation so he was setting up his equipment and he was playing with some settings and um, he he was focused on one particular part of the field and, and it was this really beautiful area with just this standalone tree and you could see the the horizon landscape in the background so it was a pretty open field and there was a fence and he was just kind of focusing in on the tree and he was playing with different settings and he was taking pictures over and over and over and over again of this tree and he was doing this in different spots in the park and and you know we we went to i think it's called like devil's cove and and we were you know purposefully taking pictures with the intent to see if we could see orbs and mm-hmm. and things like that because i think that's a that's an area that was ambushed in the battle where many many soldiers lost, lost their lives or devil's rock maybe not devil's cove um we went back to the hotel room you know it was it was light out i felt a little better about being in the hotel <laughs> and uh we we start kind of looking through some of the pictures and he's playing with them and he's noticing he's seeing somebody or something in in the series of pictures that he had taken uh and he didn't remember seeing anybody else in the park so he starts zooming in on them and he's looking at these pictures that that are in a sequence of of time and it appears to be a soldier or the, an outline of, of what could pass as a soldier sitting on top of a horse riding further and further away. So we go back out on the field, same spot. It was pretty close to the entrance. And we try to find, is there a statue there? Um, I mean, we, we honestly did not see anybody else at five in the morning mm-hmm. in the off season in Gettysburg. I mean, it's pretty cold. Spring break's pretty early in the year. And and there was nothing in the same location. Um, so we we submitted the photograph to George Norrie of Coast to Coast, and nice. he circulated it. <laughs> and he's like, what do you guys think? Weigh in on it. And we, we have actually had quite a bit of... Um, support from the paranormal community you know it i i think everybody has to kind of have their own opinion on on evidence that's submitted and and we did that with the intent to see you know what what do other people think mm-hmm. and and i think the the cool thing about doing paranormal investigation is you can make it as scary or as real as you want it to be it doesn't you know you can speculate till you're blue in the face mm-hmm. but if if you want to believe you can believe and and it kind of it kind of does create that adrenaline rush in life i love it <laughs> so what other what other places you know i know you've done a few of these with your dad what other places have you guys visited so a lot of the other places that we have visited have been day trips. Um, you know, we're Michigan based, so we've been to Mackinac Island, Mackinac City. We've done some pretty, you know, amateur, just bust out a, mm. a meter here and there and, and see if we can like get something to interact with us. Um, you know, a lot of places around Michigan, but um, one of my favorite Michigan locations um, is in Bay City, and it's um, the place where the 
an active or inactive um, Navy ship, the USS Edson, is docked. And it's actually a really awesome museum in Bay City, Michigan, where you can go and learn about the history of the ship and, and life as a as a, um, a service member on the ship and they actually have um, men who've served on the ship uh, work different different parts of uh, the museum and um, so when you go they're not shy to tell you of all the the paranormal interaction they have on a daily basis on the ship because many many men lost their lives um you know I, I think one of the the most widely known ghosts on the ship and, and you'll have to forgive me I cannot recall his name but he um he was one of the men who was um, responsible for manning the ship over the holidays. He didn't he didn't have a family, so he would stay on the ship over Thanksgiving and Christmas, and and everybody else would go home. Unfortunately, one year he he did uh, pass away of a heart attack, and um, no no one found him until after the holiday season oh, wow. was over. So it was yeah, pretty pretty. Um, sad sad time for the the community that helps you know maintain that ship but he's a he's a friendly ghost aboard <laughs> or or what people think he, it's him um and and you can sit you can and and I'm kind of um I I I'm going to uh <laughs> say that I I sat in the spot <laughs> where he he did pass and um you do you get you get a feeling you you get a feeling and I don't know if it's knowing that somebody did pass away in the very spot that you're sitting or if if he's there welcoming you aboard the ship that he was so proud to man um but you do you you get some type of humbling sense of of your welcome you're welcome aboard hmm. um but not not every death was <laughs> was so um natural um you know many many sailors took their lives on that ship it it was it was a hard hard time i I think the ship was active during world war ii i don't i don't know if it saw um battle but i know it was active during world war ii so it was a very very difficult time for for some of these men serving and many did choose to take their lives Hmm. so is your family religious in any sense um you know, because I know a lot of people I've talked to, they have, they do have a sense of uh, who are looking to ghosts and everything are definitely not like um, skeptical non-believers. Do a lot of them, you know, are there? I mean, you have to be open to the spirit world. You know, if you're going to be interested in the, in this sort of thing, do you guys have? Is there? Were you raised in a certain religion background, religious background, or? Uh, what what do you personally b- believe? Yeah, fantastic question. I was raised uh, as a Methodist, and I shared that my dad comes from a Catholic background. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom comes from a Methodist background, so my mom won. <laughs> <laughs> and I was very, my family was very, very involved in our um, our religious community. Growing up, my mom worked worked the Sunday school. Um, I I was you know as I was exposed to all these horrible horrible films at home, mm-hmm. it was like <laughs> night and day. Which which Jillian are you going to get? The Jillian that's talking about wanting a Chucky doll for Christmas, <laughs> or the Jillian that's talking about how much she loves the the <laughs> biblical story about Noah's Ark. <laughs> um, so I, I very 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 uh, involved in in the Methodist community all all the way through high school. Um, but you know, my parents were very, very supportive of my, my passion for the paranormal. I used to talk about wanting to go to Penn state because they had a parapsychology program, one of the largest in the, in the country at the time. And they were very supportive of me exploring that as a potential avenue. Um, personally, my take on it is that religion really does help to ease fears and the unknown it helps provide answers that that we may never have and we believe or we want to have a belief about what comes next after death and you know believing in the spirit world can provide some comfort whether or not you want to mix you know um your your belief about you know what what is going to happen to my body what is going to happen to my soul if you, you can think of it in in two different senses um you know 
in w- one theory on apparitions are in fact that it, it is a higher power reaching out to you. And I think that it's widely shaped by the God that you believe in. Mm-hmm. I mean, for example, um, if you, if you're, practicing uh, Hinduism, ghosts are the souls of the individuals that suffered a violent death or um, people who've not had um, appropriate required rituals in their death. Um, I think early on in the Protestant um, religion, uh, during the Protestant Reformation, um, souls immediately went to heaven or hell, but um, any paranormal activity that people experienced, it was thought to be the work of angels, demons, or any other non-human supernatural beings. So I think I think the thought of, you know, the spiritual realm and and what your religion tells you or or helps guide you in your thought about what's going to happen to your soul after death, I think they can coexist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I mean, it's something that I think because I've known quite a few people who have had a positive take on, you know, on these sorts of things. And um, I knew a woman actually in our in my neighborhood, she says that she sees she, and she never broadcasts it. She never brags about it. It's very, if once you get to know her, you kind of, she'll, she would tell you, but she would see like spirits of people pass through a room as she's talking and she'll, and sometimes I've noticed this, like she'll, and she'll, will have me having a conversation and she'll kind of pause and kind of her eyes will kind of dart across the room. Like she's following something and then she'll go back to the conversation, you know? Um, <laughs> and I, I think one time she said, uh, we were talking and, and she kind of paused and she goes, and I go, everything okay? She's like, oh, just two boys just ran, ran through the room. That's okay. <laughs> you know? Oh my God. I see. That would, that would scare me. I, like, this is the type of experience I want so badly, mm-hmm. but I don't think I could handle that. Yeah. Well, it's like certain people seem to be more in tune to seeing certain things. And, you know, a lot of people can, in the skeptical community can say, well, this is just a mental, you know, there's a mental issue with, with her, you know? Um, right. but she's so like in tune to the spiritual realm. And, but in her sense, it's more of a positive. She's actually helped my wife kind of have some, a little bit of closure with, um, with her brother passing away that I've, that I've mentioned on, on the show a few times. And, um, she was able to kind of give my wife some closure just saying, you know, I can tell you that he's proud of you, things like this. And I don't know, mm-hmm. I can't explain that, you know, and I'm not going to, And it, there's no reason for her to even say anything as far as, you know what right. I mean? So, so I always find that very fascinating. Um, have you had any personal experiences or is your podcast more of your kind of search for, you know, to hear more and get a closer connection to these sorts of experiences. What's, what can you tell me about that? So I have had personal experiences. Um, you know, the first experience that I really had was before, before I started doing the, the ghost hunting with my father. Um, my grandmother passed away shortly before I was starting my freshman year of college and my mom and my grandma were like best friends. I mean, you talk about the it girls, it's my mom, my grandma and my aunt. <laughs> They're like very, very close. So I, I grew up spending a lot of time with with my grandparents and losing that grandparent for the first time. And I think especially at an older age where you you understand more about what death is and what death means. Um, it, it can be more difficult when you've never experienced the, lo- the loss of somebody so close to you before. So I was having a very difficult time grieving. And I, I remember I remember exactly what it felt like to to have my grandma hold me. And I remember laying in bed one day and just just, you know, you, when you're when you're grieving and you just get this lull of sadness roll over you and you just you have to have just a, a little cry, just a little cry. And I remember remember just doing that one day and all of a sudden I had the most familiar sensation of a woman wrapping me in her arms and I'm like this this is my grandma this is my grandma and that's how I started to have all these questions and this longing to hear other people's experiences because if if there are experiences out there that can help shed light on 
and my connection with the people I've lost or, or kind of um, help, help connect people in the world who are helping to find, you know, information or, or connect with other people who've had similar experiences. I think creating kind of a network of, of these storytellers can really help everybody find what they're looking for because mm. we all have a story. We all have, we all have these experiences that, you know, the door's just starting to open where we're starting to get less judgmental as a community. And, and I truly do feel like we're starting to seek other people who've had these types of experiences and we're trying to bridge those gaps and we're trying to find those answers. I mean, our show covers everything from the paranormal aspect to people who think they've seen Bigfoot to people who <laughs> may have seen a UFO outside and, and, you know, even more on the more serious scale, we've had a girl recently on the show who shared her story of a friend who, who slipped drugs into her beverage and, and she almost, you know, ended up dying. Mm. And, you know, we, we cover such a broad range of topics, but I think at the end, end of the day, our goal with this podcast is to really, really help people find their voice, spread, spread the word, share their story. And if other people reach out wanting to connect with them so they can start a healing process or they can help find answers together, I, I think we, we'd like to be that catalyst. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really cool to kind of see networks like this grow because so many people feel there's they're scared to even bring stuff like this up because they don't know how other people re will react so if you create a mm -hmm. safe space for people to share their stories just like what i've been doing with armchair philosopher here if there's, a, if there's a safe space for people to openly talk about their experiences with no judgment like that's that's huge and i feel like we're, we are seeing kind of a paradigm shift i feel with the internet and people being connected that no matter what experiences you have, you can actually find people with the same genuine experiences. I mean, these aren't people just trying to get attention. These are people who've genuinely felt something or experienced experienced something that needs they need that they need that uh, that connection with someone else to just get it off their chest. <laughs> you know? Right? Exactly. Exactly. This is this is definitely it's an outlet, and mm -hmm. it's it's meant to help help build those relationships and. I'm telling you, I've made some fantastic friends mm -hmm. <laughs> over over doing over this show. Um, you know, it's it's really it's a really awesome experience to be able to jump on the phone with these strangers and just just talk about their lives. And we don't we don't offer any advice. We don't weigh in, but just giving them the opportunity to put their story out there. I don't we don't give people enough chances in this world to do mm -hmm. that. Yeah. What are some of the stories you guys have had in doing this podcast and collecting these stories what are some of the, the stories that jump out at you the most that kind of gave you the most kind of I guess goosebumps is there any that you can you can uh, you can share that have stuck with you yeah, so we had Katie Webb from um, she's a she is a man I, I she has such a, a renowned title but um <laughs> long story short she is kind of the the magic the magic harnesser of the group um she's from a paranormal team called haunt me um that's a it's a main based group and what they do is they go and they they do these these ghost investigations and she shared one of the most chilling accounts of 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 similar to what your neighbor sees. She sees the spirits. She doesn't need the energy to manifest itself. She's open to to seeing these spirits and she has seen some demons and she came mm. on our show and she shared what a demon looks like and it's it's not what's portrayed on, on Hollywood film and it's it's a lot more real and you know, they, they can look like everyday people, but she can see the auras of their intent. And, huh. and it was just really chilling. And she shared this one demon that was kind of stalking them in one of their investigations who who was climbing on the walls and who would climb on the floor. And he was kind of doing a crab walk. And, you know, when, when I think of that, I think about the classic art that I've seen of like depictions of, of demons in hell and in very sinister characters. Mm -hmm. And that really stuck with me. That was the first time that I have actually 
like sometimes I'll get kind of like scared as we're going through the editing process. But I was like, I forgot that we were recording when she was telling me this because I was just so, yeah. so um, pulled into the story. It was that that one resonated with wow. me. What's in the, the one thing that's very fascinating about these groups is most ghost hunters, most people I've talked to, they try to approach at first from, in a way, a skeptical lens because they need to make sure that these stories aren't, uh, they need to make sure that this story isn't coming from something else. You know what I mean? Say like somebody's, here's a noise. Well, it turns out that there's a, a problem with the pipes in the house, you know, things like that. <laughs> right. You know? So they always have to kind of discount that. And so once somebody, now I'm not talking about uh, these kind of reality ghost hunting shows because... And if you know anything about how these how reality shows are put together, it's like they are manipulated <laughs> in a yes, sense, you know. Yes, they are. <laughs> but any standard type of, um, you know, group that would re- research this type of thing, they're trying to basically disprove it first. And then they mm-hmm. present their findings. So when you have someone who has these kind of stories is even more chilling, like, oh, wow, like you guys did experience uh, something or, or this person at least believes they know that they believe what they see, you know, they, um, just always kind of trying to parse, parse that. Yeah. The, the, the spiritual world, especially like the, the demonic world always fascinates me. And, and it's always been one of those things that has always, uh, brought out fear in me because I was raised, you know, when my parents believe that demons are real, that there is spiritual battles going on, that people can be possessed and my mom has stories in San Francisco of she believes people were possessed and and uh, but I'm like, you know, where do you, you know, how do you parse out mental illness and how do you parse out like an actual demonic spirit? You know, and that's always been kind of fascinating to me because I've always I always kind of come at things a little more from a skeptical lens, which is my personality. But um <laughs> But what what are your what are your thoughts on like the evil spirits? Because you know, and that's where all the the money's made in Hollywood on these on these movies, like movies. And a couple episodes ago, was it on this? No, it's not a different podcast. Sorry, I'm getting my I'm getting my, my podcast crossed. <laughs> on one of my podcasts, we discussed the movie Hereditary, and that's a very yeah you know um, scary movie dealing with these negative forces uh movies like the exorcist that movie always freaks me out any movie dealing with these types of of themes is always like a catalyst for fear for me the paranormal activity uh the first one especially um so what what are your thoughts like on on the negative aspects of 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 spirits and do you believe that people can have actually been harmed what are your thoughts on that with the people you've talked to yeah, I do believe that negative forces exist. I, 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 you know, I have this conversation frequently, especially when we're listening to um, actually plug for upcoming upcoming episode of our show at the fire. Um, we do examine some audio files sometimes that we find on online, and one of the more recent episodes that we've been working on um, explores the. It's a very upsetting audio of a girl who was believed to have been possessed and and the um, the person performing the exorcism actually has hundreds of hours of audio, uh, I think over the course of a year trying to um, exercise the demons out of out of this this girl. Um, I think she actually ended up succumbing to the possession or whatever wow. illness was taking over her her body and, and she died. But I frequently have the conversation with people, you know, is is possession real? Can it just be an untreated mental illness? Can it be a physical a physical illness mm-hmm. that that um, it just doesn't have any symptoms on the outside that we can see? And long story short, I I, I believe that that there can be evil evil intended spirits that that do want to harm people um, for whatever reason. And I think that that has to go hand in hand with um, whatever existential interactions that you're open to receiving. You know, if if you're willing to open yourself up to the spirit world, you, you don't know what kind of personality you're going to get. You know, I, I think 
just just like the people that we encounter on a daily basis. You don't know who somebody is. You don't know what a spirit is. And I think until we have some type of guidebook in hand and we've discovered everything we, we need to about the spiritual realm, we're not going to have those answers. But unfortunately, with the way that mental illness is viewed in society today, I, I think that you know, some cases of, of possession, especially the early ones, um, you know, you you could have the the issue where somebody has an undiagnosed disease and unfortunately they they didn't receive the help that they needed. But I also think that, you know, there's a reason somebody can all of a sudden start spitting out Latin words mm. and and I don't I don't know how, how reliable the um <laughs> the story is from the exorcist, but it's I think I recall Latin. the girls Yeah, it's always Latin. <laughs> always latin it's always the head spinning it's always the green puke and and i think that you know there there has to be some type of outside force that makes you contort your body in those ways and and i think unfortunately there are too many people that try that try to um try to fake things like that so mm-hmm. I, I think the the waters are very muddy in defining what is real and what is not but personally I, I like to think that there are some some evil, crafty spirits out there, so so I keep my guard up. I don't play with Ouija boards. I don't play with Ouija boards. <laughs> I think soon I, I spoke with somebody. I, I don't know if that's going to be on this episode or not, but I, if someone does have a Ouija board story that they wanted to tell me. So we'll see if I if I gather that. I'm hoping that I do. Oh, perfect. <laughs> I love Ouija board stories. I love them because I'm too afraid to use one myself. I have one. Yeah. I've never used it. Oh man, <laughs> i i have I have a Ouija board story. Uh, when I was in college, a friend of mine by the name of Chad Sundermeyer, uh, he was he was a character, and he was a this tall, gangly guy that looked like a cross between Conan O'Brien and John Lennon. Like, like it looks like they like if John Lennon bred with Conan O'Brien, you cross those genes, you get. Chad Sundermeyer and he was he was a lot of fun to hang out with and he was one of those guys he was, he was a, a community college and he was you know still there he, you know, he was like he was like five years into community college you know what I mean he's just hanging out he's, he's having a good out. time oh, yeah, he sounds no. like a fun guy yeah. and one day one day he was like hey you know uh, come on over. Let's. Uh, I got this Ouija board. I've, I've, I've been playing with it by myself, you know. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> don't do that, Chad. Don't shit. do that. <laughs> no, you don't want to do that by yourself. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I've been talking. I don't. I don't know if he was. I don't know if he was. You know, yanking my chain or not, but. <laughs> You know, so we went over there and he's like, yeah, I've been talking to the spirit every night, you know, <laughs> by myself. And I was like, I was, at this point, I'd seen like The Exorcist and things like that. I was a, I was a late bloomer with the horror movies because I literally believed that I could be possessed by a demon by watching, by opening myself up to horror movies. Right. So I, always, I was always terrified. Right. So I didn't in late in high school and then into college, I finally started watching horror movies. I got all the greats out of the way that, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street. The Exorcist, awesome. like all those, late in the game, and and uh, so I go over there, and he's like, "Yeah, let's do this," you know, and and uh, and it was very creepy because you put your hands on the thing, and I know that the, it's been people have have brought to light like how it works, and you're kind of unconsciously you don't think you're moving it, but the two together, like you you do kind of a as, as a kind of communal like with the questions you're asking you both know what what answers you want but it like you right. know it did like we you know what's your name it spelled out a name and then we go through all the stuff and it answers questions are you friendly yes and and all the stuff and we get done and I go well is that the spirit you've been talking to and he goes no that was a new one <laughs> oh man <laughs> And, so uh, could you feel it moving? Could you feel I, like I know for sure that I was not intentionally moving it. You know what I mean? And because you're supposed to kind of lightly keep your hands on it, like you're not supposed right. to apply force, and it just starts moving. And I don't know if he was. I don't. I don't know. You know what I mean? There's just so many unanswered factors. We got to get Chad on the phone. And there's no <laughs> way that I was going to do that myself. But I was <laughs> so creeped out and. Uh, and I, and I remember going home just like, yeah, I'm never going to do that again. And he asked like the next day, Hey, you want to come over and do the Ouija board? And I'm like, nah, I'm good, man. <laughs> I'm good. 
you know. Chad needs a support group. He he sounds like he has an addiction. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's you know uh, we've we've connected off and on, and and he seems to be uh you know he's 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 not crazy weird or anything. It's the same old same old fun loving Chad. So (laughs) that's good. He didn't open himself up to any negative energies or anything like that. He he, as far as I can tell, did not get possessed. But uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not a fan of those things at all. Yeah, I, I'm not either. <laughs> and when I when I first watched The Exorcist, that was a big deal for me because I just felt this oppressive. I don't know like how much of this is in my mind because I was raised believing in demons and possession. And I remember I was living in uh, in Mason City, Iowa, and my friend Zari was my Zari Solemn, uh, very like. One of the, you always have these characters in your life that are just like on a next level and Zari was next level <laughs> punk rocker. He's still kicking around in bands today. And awesome. uh, we I remember I, I so we had an apartment and I was I was like, all right, I'm going to watch The Exorcist. And I'm like by myself in a dark room with candles <laughs> watching The Exorcist. Just feeling Why? this. Why the candles? I don't know. I don't know. I wanted, well, you know, for a movie, you need to have the movie lighting. You can't have the lights on. Um, yeah, this is a hot and heavy film. You need the candles. Oh, man, I was so freaked out. I mean, halfway through the halfway through the film, he must have like kind of heard me watching it because I at, when I started, he wasn't home and I kind of go out to get a drink of water and he, he was standing right outside my door. And he goes, you know, <laughs> the daylights out of me. And he just laughed and laughed and laughed. He just thought it was the funniest thing. And I'm like, don't do that. I'm watching the exercise for the first time. Oh, so that was know, probably your last time, too. Oh, no, I've, I've revisited the exercise quite a bit. And actually, what's funny is with these films that involve like the spirit world or things like that, you kind of you can kind of view it from the non like the shock value is done. And like, I view the film as like a priest going through like an existential crisis in a sense. Like he's, he's, you know, wrestling with his own faith and he's wrestling with, you know, this, this problem that's set before him and, and he actually has to, you know, exercise and actually, he actually deals with a demon like, and mm-hmm. so like that movie um, in particular, like there's so many layers to it. And I can kind of, even with like a movie like hereditary, I can, like the first time watching it was so uh, stressful. I had to pause it so many times, but I want to watch it again to kind of get that other layer. Once the scare le- level scare layers is off, you've seen it, you've been scared. Uh, you can kind of view a film through another lens and kind of look at the philosophical aspects that these films are dealing with. And a lot of these films deal with some very heady and deep things if done right. If it's not just some cheap jump scare film. So, yeah, I mean, I, I love horror now, but there's always you know, just because of the way I was raised, there's always that underlying fear uh, from a supernatural film, especially that can definitely get get to me. And so I couldn't imagine uh, experiencing or trying to go on a, a hunting a ghost hunting expedition because <laughs> I would probably not be good company <laughs> No, you would be fine. You would be fine. I've I've sat in rooms of people who passed away in the beds, and I've sat in those rooms with the doors closed, with lights off, middle of the night by myself, trying to talk. And and unless there's actually physically something there, you don't. You really yeah. don't feel threatened. But I mean, you you just never know. It all it all depends on what you're open to. Right. I know. That's that's the that's the fascinating thing to these conversations is. Uh, it all depends what lens you're viewing the world through and right. how open you are to because you can walk in a room and just be skeptical and, and just turn all that off. Exactly. Uh, and but if you go in, I don't know, it's it's a it's a weird it's a weird scenario to be in. So have you have you done any seances or anything like anything, anything like that? Have you been brave enough to approach that sort of uh, contact with the other side? What are your views I, on seances? I haven't done like a formal seance with like can't actually, you know, I take back what I said about dabbling with a Ouija board. One <laughs> night we had a we had a girls night and um my friend had just moved into her house. It's her first house. So she was having everyone over for a sleepover. And um, we get to talking and she's like, yeah, the only kind of scary thing about the house is that the guy who owned it 
uh, died in the bathroom. Oh, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> he did, did he? So I grabbed a, uh, a crystal glass and a uh, piece of paper and we lit some candles because apparently you have to light candles. Yep. And we uh, turned off <laughs> all of the lights and we, I think there were eight of us. So there were quite a few of us there and we all got in a circle and we, we just kind of like chilled out for a minute. Nobody talked. Everybody just got in a mindset. We all placed a finger on the glass and we tried to communicate and it was unsuccessful. Mm-hmm. Now she's never experienced anything creepy in the house. So, I mean, it's probably, it's probably not haunted. He, he was probably, <laughs> he probably passed on. Um, but I've never really been a part of a seance and I would love to. Mm-hmm. I would love to be able to try to have some type of formal formal gathering where where we try to connect with the spirit world. Um, the closest I've ever gone gotten to participating in something like a seance is I I feel like a seance is very similar to like a, when you get a group of people together, I feel like the equivalent of a seance to a medium connecting with with somebody of the spiritual world mm-hmm. um, is, is it's a very similar type of phenomenon. So I've I've had meetings with mediums before, um, but they've never been able to pick up on on anybody that's been attached to me. So maybe everyone's like, all right, done with this life, Jillian. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on my way. <laughs> but um, it's something that I've always wanted to be a part of. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny because these types of things always have to, they work best with, I guess, a, a gathering of people. And mm-hmm. in my circles, because I came from, uh, from my, my religious circles in Christianity, you know, once I kind of got more into the charismatic scene of, of uh, of the Christian denominations, uh, the the charismatic scene is all about kind of bringing in the spirit of God, you know. So you have music and you have to set a mood, and you're in this communal experience together, trying to kind of bring in this experience all together. And I've seen people overcome with emotion and falling down, and and it's it, it's that it's that fine line, you know what I mean, between like what is this. Is this being caused by kind of a group uh, feeling? Are we all bringing this on together? Are we, uh, are are we causing these feelings just because we're all expecting the same thing? You know, you know what I mean. Like, is it a psychological thing? Is it is it an actual spiritual thing that's happening? I've never really been able to pinpoint that because for me, I've always seen that kind of those kind of manifestations in a group of people trying to invite that in. So, uh, so I don't, I don't know what to, what to feel about that. You know, have you, have you talked to people who've had experience? Has it always been with other people or or have you talked to people who've, it's been a very personal, you know, kind of a personal thing? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, we, we've had stories from people who've experienced both. I I know we had one girl on, um, her name is her episode oh i can't recall her episode number off the top of my head but her name is becky and she was very reluctant and very nervous to come on and share her experience because it was such a a personal experience and and it wasn't anybody who specifically she knew um that had passed on but she she was very nervous to bring it up to other people because she hadn't talked about it. She didn't know if it would invite any, any more activity. So it seemed that it really only happened or, or manifested itself with, with her. And, and, and I, I seem to recall that she had some type of, I don't want to call it a relationship, but it, it was almost like the, the spirit attached itself to her and herself. So it was a, it was a very, very personal experience for hmm. her and nobody else could really, really draw from that experience to aid her in her, in her conquest to kind of get rid of it. Wow. Um, we we've had you know not in not in a religious sense yet, but we've had people on share um, that you know they've made spirits angry when they've encountered them. Um, being in such a large group, you know, spirits would kind of pick on mm. one or, one or the other um, and kind of warn them by picking off friends. You know, somebody would get a big scratch on their back, another person um, like a glass would shatter behind another person, kind of like 
warning. So I, I do think that the larger the group, the more the more activity can be drawn out. But when you're looking at the 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 religious different religious communities, I I I'd like to think that um, especially with the the Christian community, people tend to be very empathetic, and I think that's the beautiful thing about having relationships with people in in that community is is they you truly have these connections with people where you're working together. And when you get a, a ton of people together in this room where they all have the same mindset, it kind of fuels that charge even more. And if you're drawing off of each other's emotions, not only is the door going to be even um, open even wider for for activity to to kind of shuffle through. Um, but I think you can also kind of trick yourself into thinking more is happening than what could be because maybe you do feel overwhelmed with the emotion because of all of the emotions in the room, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it's, it's humans are interesting creatures because we do rely on, you know, uh, community and it does enhance uh, certain experiences and it's almost uh, uh, almost like a... I don't know, like a bug zapper. <laughs> you know yes, I mean? Drawing yes, it is. In, it is. You know, potential spiritual experiences. So it's just fascinating stuff. And uh, we haven't solved anything today, Jill, but we're, <laughs> you know, but I think that's fine. Um, where can, so if, if anyone has any stories, where are the best places to connect with people if you've had a, a story, like a personal story you'd like to share or kind of meet other people who have had similar experiences? What are the best places that you've found? Um, and of course, we would want them to connect with you at, at, at thefire.com and tell their stories, of course. <laughs> what are Absolutely. Kind of the, what are some of the safest communities that you have found through through gathering research for the podcast? Yeah, so um, surprisingly... One of the um, one of the most supportive um, places that I've been able to turn to uh, is is Reddit. Believe it or not, I mean, if you can sift through the trolls, if you find <laughs> if you find a couple of of, of good um, Reddit, uh, oh my gosh, I am so not tech savvy. I think they're uh, sub subreddits. Sub, I guess <laughs> I I never have gotten into Reddit. Just I, I just the interface I just can't I just don't have time I I'm just like I get impatient I'm like yeah I'm done yeah I'm, I'm done <laughs> it's challenging to sift through and to really kind of pick out those those stories um that that have the the genuine appeal that maybe maybe I have a sense that this really did happen because you mm-hmm. you know you have to be careful on Reddit because a lot yeah. of people will will post just stories to post stories. But I, I'd say a lot of people, if even if they haven't ended up coming on our show, um, sometimes we'll we'll reach out and we'll say, hey, I had a similar experience or hey, I know somebody who had a similar experience to that. And a lot of our guests are open to us sharing some of their um, contact information, whether it be an email address or, or their username on Reddit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we've been able to connect people that way. And I do see support from, from other Reddit users on some of these threads that we're looking at you know somebody somebody shares um you know maybe they were stalked by an ex-boyfriend and they're like i don't know what to do you'll see an overwhelming amount of support from other people in, in the community trying to you know help help give them tips and tricks how to move past things mm-hmm. like that um paranormal wise i would say reach out to your local uh paranormal society um personally i i fell in love with the central michigan paranormal when i was at uh central michigan university fire up chips and um they were a fantastic group i i met with them i think twice once i went to a seminar that they put on at the local library and they just had the most fantastic discussion around different paranormal theories and their own experiences and and kind of how to weed through weed through some of the um some of the evidence that's presented that may not be genuine or real and and they have just a really great they have really great built-in networks already your your local paranormal um research teams and they they can absolutely help connect you to other people in your area that that may be going through something similar that you are wow yeah i mean uh Fantastic stuff. I'm trying to find places in my own area and I'm like, 
you know, I can't find any paranormal group in my, in my area specifically, but there is stories and, uh, you know, maybe meetup.com. I don't know. Oh yeah. Meetup, meetup.com. I've heard, I've heard mixed reviews on meetup.com. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, there's, there's just tons of websites. I'll try to put in the show notes kind of some, some, uh, some websites and materials that can, can help, uh, people when, if they want to search the stuff up and definitely there'll, there'll be links to at the fire in there and, uh, some specific episodes that we've talked about. And, uh, and if you can, if you can, uh, let me know the, was it the book that your, your grandpa wrote? Um, a great uncle. Yes. A I can send uncle. that over to you. Yeah. And I'll put that in the show notes as well for anyone who wants to dive in further. Jill, this has been fun. Thank you so much for talking with me today about all this. And I'm sure we'll talk more as, as time moves on. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for being such an awesome support to the show. Love armchair philosopher. Uh, This is just, it's such a, you have so many wonderful topics that are just so unique. And, and I don't think, I don't think people want to dive into the topics that you, you have on your show enough. And I, I love it. I love it so much. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. All right. Thank you, Sean. I hope all of you have or had a wonderful Halloween. I was uh, I had so many more ideas for this month, but it kind of got away from me as I've been pursuing some voiceover opportunities. So I've been a little bit busier than normal uh, and, and some of these things fell by the wayside. But what I'm going to do is I'll kind of put them into the spooky dust-covered crate and I will open it up and uh, retrieve those for next year. If you like the podcast and would like to contribute, please consider becoming a patron saint. You can go to patreon.com slash the AXPX. It's only a dollar a month. And I do a, I try to do a weekly diary called the AXPX Diaries. If we hit our goal of, uh, I believe it's 20 uh, patron saints, then I'm going to try to introduce uh, another kind of another level of AXPX Diaries. And we're going to try to do some sort of, um, like monthly book club or something like that. So that is on the agenda for that. Please join me over there if that's something that you would be interested in doing. Music on the episode by the Candle Park Stars and Sam Haynes. Uh, You will find links to their music in the show notes. So please check them out and support their music. As always, you can get a hold of me over at theaxpx.com. Please drop me a line Via the contact link, you can also call and leave a voicemail. The number is 951-723-5586. Again, 951-723-5586. You can call and leave a message for me if you have a question for the show. If there's a subject you'd like to hear me pursue or someone you think would be a great interview, I would love to hear from you that way. Uh, you know, sometimes it's just, it's just easier. Something's on our mind to, you know, to just call so put that number into your phone and uh and let's let's stay in contact that way and if you just have a if you have a comment on any of the episodes please leave a voicemail and i can play it on uh on future shows well that's gonna do it for this episode of the armchair philosopher i have some great interviews coming up in november and i hope all of you have a fantastic rest of the week it's gonna be a couple weeks and it'll be hearing from me again and uh, i can't wait to talk to you again bye-bye